This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of Forever Bristol City podcast. Do you know what? It's two years ago this weekend, that's the weekend of June the 25th, that I set up the Forever Bristol City podcast. And my goodness, how time flies. And we're almost up to 83,000 downloads. So thanks a lot for that. And it's an audience that's certainly building. We enjoy doing it and I hope you enjoy the content. This week's episode, we uh, recorded uh, just before the fixtures came out. And uh, well, that's all old news now. So what follows is, uh, I've called it Midsummer Musings, this episode. But what follows is a chat with uh, myself, um, Dave Febs and uh, Neil, uh, really talking about the transfer activity that has happened and that might happen. And uh, we'll do a couple more of those uh, before pre-season uh, previews uh, proper gets underway. Uh, Mark's also involved in the conversation, but it wouldn't be a forever Bristol City podcast without a few sound difficulties. So apologies in advance for Mark's uh, sound not being uh, as good as it might be. But um, sit back and enjoy Midsummer Musings, the latest episode of Forever Bristol City podcast, which celebrates its two-year anniversary this weekend. Let's come to you first, Neil, then, on the transfers. Let's look at the business that's been done. Cross resigned, Kane Wilson, League Two Player of the Year, Cal Naismith, Luton Town Player of the Year, and then the lad Sykes from Oxford. We've done our business early, and still plenty to come, I think. Last time we did it really early like this was 2014-15. Mm. Um, your thoughts on those that have come in so far? Uh, well, the signing of Naismith was completely out of left field, wasn't mm-hmm. it? If somebody had turned around to me and said that we were going to get uh, a centre-back who'd been in the Football League team of the season um, in the Championship on a free transfer, I, I would have probably expected a top six side or at least one coming down from the Premiership to pick him up on a free. Uh, so that was a fantastic bit of business. Uh, the Kane-Smith... Ultimately, we did it in the end of season review with Chris Honor speaking about um, the lack of productivity from our wing backs. Yeah. So that was something we need to address if we're going to be playing through it about, mm. which I know we'll go on to. Um, I think we have to be aware of the fact that it's a huge jump from League Two to the Championship, and anybody expecting Kane to get double figures in Kane terms, Wilson, yeah. yeah, in terms of assists is 
you know, expecting a lot from a player, a 22-year-old player to come into the championship and have the same effect. But at least then you have options in that area. You're not playing 10 different players there. And more importantly, you're not having to ask Alex Scott or Vyman to play in that area. Mm. So that's addressed that. Closer, fantastic. To bring him back, um, ultimately, he's better playing in the middle. He's extremely vocal. He's a good organiser. Um, I thought Atkinson came on leaps and bounds last two months of the season playing alongside him, just that that you know, that arm over his shoulder, talking to him the whole time. You could hear it from the dolman. He's the type of player that we needed in the centre back, someone to build on. So yeah, yeah Sykes, a bit left field. He's I, to me he seems a bit oh, like right. a, he's a right winger. Yeah, so he a seems a bit like a I'll get the pronunciation right. Smodix. Not seismic, smodic, sort of like mercurial, talented. Well, I, don't, I, I, I see him in, in the 18. I'm not sure I see him in the starting 11 no. at the moment, but I see him in the 18. But you see Wilson and Naismith, and of course, closer in, in your starting 11. Yeah, I agree with that. Dave, transfer business in so far? Yeah, great. Cal Naismith, a, a cracking player. Um, someone who I thought we should have got when he was, you know, when Wigan were having all their financial trouble and we didn't take a punt on him then you know we could have got him for for free then as well um so i think we missed out on that versatile player but but really good player as well so that, that was a that was a cracking one wasn't on my list because a bit like neil said i i didn't think he was realistic i thought he'd go somewhere if he was going to go anywhere he'd go somewhere better than us if that make if that makes sense yeah w- wilson yeah I'm, ha- I'm really happy with that one sykes the couple the couple of times i've seen him live He's kind of been a bit on the periphery, so I was a bit mm. worried about that. But I've watched quite a lot of highlights since the signing, and uh, there's more in his game than I saw in the in the live game. So I guess that's why you know the scouts out there watch six, eight, ten, ten games to kind of form a better better opinion. So and I, I, you know, Neil, we will have this debate on OTIP, You know, don't do this first eleven and all that kind of malarkey. But Sykes will Sykes will get his minutes, and and I and I think even with with Wilson, he'll we'll want to be dynamic down that right-hand side and, and you know, he'll mm. share some of his minutes with, with George Tanner as well. And so, Do you think, what, do you think we'll give minutes, game? do you think we'll give minutes as well in this busy opening sequence uh, last week of July and August? Do you think we'll give minutes to, I'll call it the peripheral players, in the Caribou Cup? Yeah, it'd be great if we get a nice easy draw when they can have, we can have those two games with the, uh, you know, some of the fringe players in there. Yes? Do you think that, that, that's likely I, I to happen? I think he'll be mindful after last season where he, from memory, pretty much changed the whole team, didn't he? Mm. And, and then we didn't and then we didn't get through. We fluffed it against FGR, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. And so I think he'd be mindful of that and you know, undoubtedly we'll, we'll rotate some players, but I don't think it'll be a, a completely different 11. Yeah. I think it'll be... I think what he thrives on is having competition for places. Mm. You know, and, and then... If there is, you know, someone who's starting to look a bit knackered or whatever, then he, then he can swap them. Then, but I think he, he'll he'll play his best team as much as possible. But that best team might be based on a bit of fatigue and, and that as well. Yeah, yeah. Mark, uh, I'm only coming to you last and saying keep it brief because I think there's still some sound problems with you. But if you shout down the phone, you, you must be pleased with the business so far as uh, Neil and Dave appear to be. Or yeah, I've stated. I'm I'm the. Yeah, I'm chef with Cal Naismith, dominant, dominant central defender. I think he's a great sign. I'm really excited by Kane Wilson. I mean, he, he was with, 
He was with West Brom as a kid from the age of seven, made his debut at 17 for Exeter and played for a number of clubs. So his star is really on the rise. Uh, yeah. I think the interesting one is Mark Sykes, but he might surprise us all with the wisp, six foot tall. Uh, is he that? Is he that? Okay, we're going on height again, aren't we? Uh, is he? I didn't realise he was that big. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's from Northern Ireland, but I think he's he's dedicated. He, he's pledged, switched his allegiance to, to the Republic for under to under twenty one. So, would we agree? Is, as has has Nigel bought players for a particular style of play? Are we going for three three four one two or three five two? Do you think we're settling into that? Well, let me go to Neil first on that and then you, Dave, because I know you've got views on that as well. And I won't give mine because it starts getting a bit sort of technical and you guys are better to speak on these terms than myself. Neil, um, has he picked a side? I mean, there's leaders there. Of course, Naismith is certainly leader and close. Yeah, one of those two could even be captain on the day. But do you think he's made the signing so far with a shape in mind? And in his interview, he sort of suggested there's not going to be many changes to that shape. I, I think he identified a system that ultimately worked for the players that we had. Um, and I don't think necessarily start of the season he's going to shift from that. Yeah, I think he's pretty much the same formation that we ended last season with, the last month of the season, you know, when the results fortunately started to come through. Um, he's going to stick to that formation, I would say. Uh, with regards to it, I mean, the one flying the ointment with that is Semenyo's missing for... The first nine games. I think he'll miss. I think he'll probably so, miss. He could well miss. You know, because you've got to do a preseason. As yeah, well. yeah, he could well not feature this side of the World Cup break. That's so, the worst case scenario. So you know, is he going to have to change? Look at the formation a little bit and actually think that formation worked when you had a powerful direct runner like Semenyo in the team. Is it going to work with different type players? But then you know that we're still talking another. Set five weeks until the start of the season. So. And eight weeks more. Well, end of August is when the window shuts. It's an incredibly long window, isn't it? It's a ridiculous thing that they could play like uh, a fifth of the season, roughly, mm. and still have the window. There's just going to be a lot of movement. Uh, Dave, what do you think? Is is Has he picked to fit that formation? Do you see us being tactically more flexible in the season ahead? Bit of both, really. I think the things it's difficult to tell at the moment. I think if you'd have before the signings got made, I thought there might have been a a desire to move to a to a back four. Um, but more I'm seeing it at the moment. I'm probably with Neil that it'll it'll be a, a back back three. I guess what we don't know is the the makeup of the the five midfield and attackers and, and how that'll work. So we've you know we've gone two one two, haven't we in the at the end of last season in, in most most games, whether it will be that. Now we haven't got the Semenyo, we'll we just have to wait and see. Um, I, I personally would prefer us to go a bit flatter, but we'll, uh, I, I think we'll we'll gauge that as pre-season goes on and as players come and go as well. And, uh, so by a bit flatter, do you mean a flat-back four type of thing, yeah? No, sorry, I was in, in midfield, so rather than go kind of 5-2-1-2, go 5-3-2. Um, but you know, once again, it depends on what he wants to do with Andy Vyman as well, doesn't it? Will he put Vyman up front? Will he want to still play him in exactly that same role? I think he likes that Vyman role in behind. But then that, again, that still leaves us with two as a central midfield. And I think if we if we're if we're playing a two, then we've got to have better fitness from from Joe Williams next season to make that work. <clears throat> well, if it's two in a midfield like that, what two? 
Yeah, and you could say Williams and James, and with Semenyo being out, it does allow Scott to come in. I mean, Scott, you, you, you probably saw more of the game than I did last night, Dave, but Scott played well, and I saw a few comments on Twitter from Tottenham fans who have been linked with him saying, we've got to get this player and loan him back to City because he's not even, he's just turned 19. But, you know, if it's a two, what two? I think I think Alex Scott can play there. I think he proved it last season. I don't mm. I don't buy this that he's a he's a number ten per se. I think if if you watch the game last night, first half an hour, barely barely touched the ball, and mm. and therefore, and then when he went back into to centre midfield, he got on the ball and he kind of dictates things. And I think he's a central midfielder who you know, I think you could play him in there with with anyone. And, he, and and he'd be good. And I think he proved it last season that he, he's, he's good in there. He's just got a, a really mature football brain, and, and I think it, it it just shines when he gets on the pitch. He knows what he's doing. He's a star. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, undoubted. As Semenyo would have been, although mm. I think it was odds on that he probably would have gone before the season started. In a I transfer, don't, I don't think he would have. I think he no, yeah. he was still going to be here. Yeah. Okay, Mark, uh, your your thoughts on um, you know we've talked about the shape of the side. I mean, do you you know the persistence in playing Chris Martin? It was interesting. I was chatting to Brian Tinian at a senior Reds lunch uh, a couple of months ago, and he said Tommy Conway has got the attributes to pay to play that Chris Martin position, which is interesting, and he would know more than any of us. I mean. You know, Chris Martin seemed to feature in every game. Yeah, you know, he was there. He seemed to be the, the, the one player that, I wouldn't say nobody's guaranteed a place, but it was, you know, it was more of a loss, it seemed to Pearson, if he lost Martin, than maybe some of the other players. So what, what do you think about the shape up front, Martin, and uh, the midfield too, briefly? Well, he did. I mean, he did very well considering he played. He started forty-five games, but of course, he's he's not getting any younger. I think he's he's, 30, he's thirty-one. So it's whether Conway's got the the upper body strength to be able to hold on to the ball, and you know, you get buffeted a lot. Championship can be quite physical. And operating the centre, he hasn't really had enough opportunities. So hopefully, we'll see that in pre-season. Centre midfield, I agree with. Uh, with Dave about Alex Scott, he's got to be in the centre as the playmaker, but we need some tacklers alongside him. Joe Williams, I'm still worried about his fitness. You know, the poor guy's had hamstring hamstring problems in both legs and he's yet to play a solid number of games. So I just don't think you can, you know, you just can hope, you can, you, you can bet on his fitness. I think we really need a backup or, or somebody who can take his place. Yeah, no, that that is interesting, and and I mean, would he do, do, has he uh, has he offered has the manager offered a contract to Andy King because his future is a little bit in 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 doubt or in some quarters people saying he's not really worth a contract because he wasn't much better than Danny Simpson in terms of uh, availability. Dave, well, let me ask you quickly on that one. Quickly, gentlemen, I'm gonna Andy go, King, Andy King. My window because the bin bin lorries are just coming up and it's noisy. Sorry, about that. <laughs> sorry, um, Mark. Yeah, King. King I think so if he's got this. Much, All right, Mark. Speak to you again before preseason. Right, Dave. Yeah, sorry, come back in. Yeah, I think if it's this kind of player coach role, I'm, I'm, I imagine the emphasis will be on coaching, but maybe it's just that little bit of experience backup. Should James and Williams break down, and you know, not having to play the young midfield over a you know. A long period of time, so mm. I, I see some some logic in 
yeah. in, in that. Um, I, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a, a high cost um, contract, so I, I don't think we can we have to worry about it from a financial perspective. No, no. Let's talk about midfielders and and some players that we've been linked with, and where would they fit in? I come to you, Neil, on this. Uh, the lad Rinamotta at Reading uh, was linked, although he's back training with them, it seems, and I saw somewhere on Twitter, probably going to stay where he is. And then there's this Ridoni, uh, I think it's AFC Wimbledon. Mm. He's more of an attack-minded midfielder, isn't he? But Rinamotta and Ridoni, would you like to see them come in as affordable signings, potentially? Yeah, I mean, uh, Reading are an interesting one, aren't they? Because they're, they're supposedly working to, a, again, a reduced budget with the threat of a suspended sort of thing. But but they managed to sign a couple more of their players. I mean, they've shifted a few out. Swift's gone and Lauren's gone. Yeah. But um, Andy Yidem, they've re-signed and they've signed another lad as well that was out of contract. So they are coming to some agreements with some of their out-of-contract players whilst it appears at face value to still be sticking with inside their financial constraints. So, yeah, I would have to say it looks like Renum Hart is staying. I mean, there's, there's no way Ince... Oh, yeah, of course, Ince signs his son as well, of yeah. course, doesn't he? Wonderful. <laughs> Nothing going on there. Um, and, uh, you know, if Renum Hotto is at the preseason training, and I saw the Twitter thing uh, and I saw the, the sort of feed, and it, it appears at face value to be at the preseason training. I can't he see. Be, no, he... He's under con- he's under contract, isn't he now? So is he? I'll turn up for training. Yeah, I thought he's out of contract. At, at the end of the month, it's a bit like it's a bit like several of our players, isn't it? You know, they're, they're, if we if we had any if, if we got any Dave that are out of contract at the end of the month that were at our preseason training, uh, other than um, King perhaps, but then there's I think there's an offer in for King, isn't there? Yeah, I don't no, think we no, do. We, we we haven't, but you know, if if they've put an offer into him, haven't they? Yeah, they have given him a contract offer, so the expectation is that he'll turn up for training until such point as he either accepts that offer, turns down, turns it down, or someone else comes in and, and makes a better offer. So I'm not surprised that he's he's a is a training. Him. I suppose he needs to keep himself fit at the end of the day yeah. as well, doesn't he? Really, yeah. ultimately, like we were just saying about the start of the season, it's the same for every club in the championship. I mean, for me, struggle. For me, the, the game that I saw at the end of went up to Huddersfield and saw that game was quite illuminating with regards to us for next season because uh, that day Huddersfield did a job on us. Well, did they do a job or were we just crap? No, they did a job on us, Dave. Um, they, 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 they put Russell on uh, Byman, man for man. Uh, they condensed the space um, and we didn't get forward. We didn't get into the game. Nullified Semenyo's head started to go a little bit he wasn't getting the space he wasn't getting the opportunities and his passing started to become a bit wayward and they shut down Semenyo and, they, and obviously Russell did a job on Vyman at the end of the day and followed him everywhere on the pitch and because of that you know like we said at, you know again our review with Chris Honor we had 42 out of 60 goals from that front three and 29 out of uh, 50 assists from those front three. You shut down Vyman, you shut down Semenyo. Where else is it coming from in the team? So you need a plan B for next season. Yeah. It, it made a difference when uh, Tanner came on uh, right wing back and Scott went into the centre. At least we got a blue. He's got to play, hasn't he? He's got to play because you need someone on the front foot in the midfield. Um, but Dave made the point, or Andy, uh, Mark made the point, 
very well that we need some tacklers there because Scott, <laughs> bless him, he will he will get involved. Twelve yellow cards last year, he will get involved, but I don't see him as mm. a, a tackling midfielder. Yeah. He's a front foot midfielder, and you need people around him. Are you going to get that playing just the two of them in the centre? I don't know, really. Uh, I think you might. I would prefer a five-three-two. Mm. Dave, what, a 5-3-2. A 5-3-2. I prefer Scott along there. If, if for, that, That's for the first nine games with Semenya. Scott out. plus two. Scott plus two. And then who's your two with Semenya being out? Martin and Vyman. Simple as. Yeah. Up front, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yes. it has to be. Martin and yeah. Vyman, yeah. Do you agree with that, Dave? Semenya yeah, out. Yeah. So where does this... Now, you know about every player, you know, inside leg measurement a lot. What, what, what do we know about this Ridoni? The little bits that I've seen, it's a bit like Sykes, really. You sort of, they're lower league. I don't know anything about them, but the two of them seem similar. So is Ridoni somebody that, what what job would he fulfil if he was signed, were he to sign? I, I, I guess if you'd have asked me at the start of the summer, if, if I had a choice of Ridoni and Sykes, I'd have taken Ridoni. I, I really like the kid. I think he's 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 really good. He's one of those players who kind of plays in between positions, if that makes sense. And, yeah. and he kind of plays in between the midfield and 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 the forward. He's not. He drifts into the kind of wide left position. I I think he'd be a a good Andy Vyman replacement if if we needed to to cover for him. So he's kind okay. of got that that ability to kind of you know get into the box late and uh, and finish things off. Um, you know. And, his, his kind of data was, was really good last year in a pretty woeful Wimbledon side as well. So I always kind of think mm. that's a good sign. So I, I really like, I think he'd be a, a good player to, to bring in. Rinomota, I think, is he's he's more of a Corey Smith type, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. You know, go around rat, ratting out the ball and, and getting it back and then other people will play with it. So, so Rinomota would be a good signing if there were questions about Joe Williams, ongoing questions about Joe Williams' uh, fitness then, basically. Yeah, yeah quite yeah, quite, quite possibly, yeah. Um, so mm. I think those, those, you know, either, either or both of those two would be, I think, good good additions to the, to the squad. And I think yeah. you know, you'd get good, you know, be certainly for good value for them. I don't, I don't think Rinomoto would be on huge wages. You know, he came from a, a local side to Reading, so he's kind of oh, okay. He's probably suffered from being a, a local product on relatively low contracts. I think Reading's position is they've got to have their wage budget. I think the maximum is something like sixteen million this year, mm. down from twenty one mm. last last mm. last year. And they've they've obviously lost a lot of players who were on loan to so drink waters, your um, Baba. Carl Hine there on, on loan from Arsenal. The Have they got rid of uh, Lucas Jow yet? Has he gone? No, he's no, I think he's probably their, their fail safe in terms of being able. I think if they get rid of him for a few million, they'll probably fund their ability to kind of rebuild the squad a little got bit. Okay. Good, good players, yeah, as well. What did you think about us missing out again? He was just linked. The uh, fullback Powell that's joined uh, QPR because some people say they don't think that. Nigel has immense confidence in in Cam, and therefore, if he doesn't have immense confidence in him, then we are a bit exposed. Jada Silva, obviously, redeemed himself uh, in the manager's eyes by knuckling down in the second half of the season. But uh, was would, how would you have viewed it if we had signed that lad Powell, who was a product ultimately from the uh, uh, PSV squad, I think, years ago? Yeah, but yeah. Good, yeah good honestly, I've got, got, got to say, I. I I am 
picked up on him at all in, in, you know, mm. in my fo- football watching. And uh, so I was completely unaware of him doing the usual kind of like yeah. looking back at him. Though he looks a, looks a good player and looks a, a yeah. decent signing for, for, um, for QPR. But I don't buy that Camperings, you know, fallen out of favour. You know, he, he made 40 squads last season. Yeah, you know, he didn't make the end. I think you know it's just because, of, you know, the silver came back in, did well, and you know he wanted different options on on the bench. I think is I think it's a big preseason for for Cam. Though. I think yeah, you know, he'll certainly know what the fitness requirements are of Championship football. Certainly week in week out Championship football. Um, I'm sure he's you know he's fit enough, but that I think he's he wastes energy. He kind of. He'll go kind of like bombing on when actually he's got no chance of getting the ball, and then he kind of gets a bit knackered. What well, you mean, pressing away, pressing away, being a yeah, classic I think, example? I think, I think like Casey Palmer. I think when you do needless running, you knacker yourself out, and then people say, "Oh, you're lazy or you're not fit." Yeah. Or whatever. And I think it's just you just got to learn. I think he needs to learn the position. And it, and it's Neil says we go to a back three and we play with wing backs then like Tanner and Wilson on the other side sharing minutes. I think the Silver yeah. and Pring will have to share minutes because. There's a hell of a lot of workload we're going to expect yeah. from them. I'm just going to talk briefly. We're going to talk about the players that are, haven't left and the ones that are out of contract in 23. But uh, Dave, just I'll stick with you, Dave, on this. With Cundy going, yeah, I we don't know too much about him, but Ida Hen looks a fit bloke and a bit of a unit back there on the left side. Um, but we've been linked with this Northampton horsefall guy. So with Cundy going... And we still don't know anything about Nathan Baker with his fitness, but on the basis that Cundy's gone and let's say Baker's a write-off, do we need to bring in another defender? And do you see that being horseful? If we're going to potentially, play, if we're going to play three at the back, then then we need we need five, don't we? And we've got mm. four at the moment. We've got Naismith, Closer, Callis, and um, Atkinson. The the problem is is how do you attract? And this has kind of been my thing on Otip. How do you attract a player? to come to the club to say, you know, you're, you're either bringing them in because they are a direct competition to, those, to yeah. those other four or an improvement and, yeah. and therefore likely to cost some money, money. whether that's just wages or, or whatever. Mm. I think, you know, mm. one of the guys you could have possibly seen coming in was uh, Figueredo from Forest on a free. You could kind of you could kind of see some sense in that. I can't remember mm. where he's gone. I can't remember where he's gone now. But um, that would have been – but horseful, you're going to – you're going to you're going to sign him and then say what's he like 24 something like that. you're going to come yeah. in and you're going to be in exactly the same position as Robbie Cundy I don't think he comes here to, to play that role no. I think he'll want to go somewhere where he's going to play and I don't think yeah. he's of the, the, the quality at this point to say yeah you're going to come in and you're going to be ahead of any of those other mm. players I think those Cam, but Cam are... I mean if you look at you've got the fact you've got Idahan there yeah, and Cam Cam can play yeah, we're, a bit, we're unbalanced. We're now. unbalanced with two left now because Atkinson's left as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. so uh, that's interesting. Uh, Neil, yeah, well, um, I think why? Sorry, just I think that's why Taylor Moore will hang around until we sort out that position. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, Neil, um, we were linked with a goalkeeper, and it was almost like it was a done deal in some media quarters. A French twenty-year-old Bajic. Uh, O'Leary's out of contract next summer. He's twenty-six now. Uh, sorry, he's out of contract next summer, although club hold a one-year option. If Badgett comes, you know, we've got some up-and-coming youngsters, I think, in Wiles, Richards and Boos, 
in the, that goalkeeper position. Uh, it's not happened, that move. Is it necessary? Do you think that means the end for O'Leary? Is Dan Bentley, would he be a possible target for Burnley who sold Pope to Newcastle? Well, I mean, it goes to the heart of what you're going to talk about in a bit about the contract expiries. You know, we've got a lot of players that we're discussing with. I mean, when we were just talking about Powell a minute ago, I'm not going to digress and spend time on that. But of course, Jay De Silva's out of contract at the end of the season. Next if season, you, yeah. Yeah, if you, if you don't, you know, if, you, if you're looking at left wing backs, you're looking at some sort of progression planning for the, for the left wing back position if you're not going to be able to agree a new contract with Jay. Similar situation with Dan. I think Dan Bentley, Max O'Leary, and I think Wells Richards are all out of contract at the same time, aren't they? So we've got our three top keepers, so say, all out of contract. I know we've got an option year, I think, on Max O'Leary. I think I think Pearson knows now the players at the club. He knows the ones he can trust and the ones that he has question marks about. I think he has a question mark about Max. Yeah. as we all do, um, on his day, can be a fantastic keeper. But He didn't make the position his own when he was given a chance. He, he had the, he had the opportunity and Bentley came in and arguably Bentley addressed some of the issues around distribution he stronger, he, and Bentley? he came back stronger in the, in the second half of the season. But um, I think if you're 26 um, as a keeper, you've got a decision to make, haven't you? I mean, you sign a new contract, you sit on the bench. I mean, keepers are difficult position isn't it yeah. if you're a bench keeper how many times are you playing during a season or do you want to be a first choice if you want to be a first choice max is going to have to go elsewhere because i don't see max as a first as the first choice keeper at the, at the football club unfortunately yeah. i see him as a as a backup at the club and um you know they've given another year's contract to boost just to see his development but no doubt he'll go out on loan um interesting around it i mean bentley he will be, people will know him. People will, in the game, people will be looking at him. That's not going to be an easy contract renegotiation, no. I would say. No. He's, he's going to have offers. And, and, and Burnley, I, my speculation there, because it was at that uh, top, was it that Heaton, he joined Burnley th- from us, didn't he? Because th- he had a he had a similar track record, really, Tom Heaton, because well, he, he sort of started at Man United and, Cardiff yeah. came to us. I don't see ben, I don't see Bentley as a Premiership keeper. That's the only thing with with Burnley. Um, them coming down, they'd be looking to bounce back up and going in and buying a player because Bentley would obviously cost a fee as well. And investing in a player potentially to get out of the division, but not necessarily to push them forward in the Premiership. I, I think if you were coming down Burnley, maybe someone like um, Cooper at, at Plymouth. Uh, fantastic, fantastic keeper but, and and you know ultimately somebody that you're looking to develop a young keeper looking to develop and push forward Bentley I think over the years has probably been a number of clubs when he was at Brentford uh, in particular that have looked at Bentley and passed on Bentley and yeah. then he's, he's, and he's probably come, not going to do any favours uh, you know although he kept us in many many games he's still yeah. let in 77, but then his shot. I mean, Dave's got all the stats. Let me ask you, Dave, about yeah. the keeper situation. That Bachik, if that's the right pronunciation, that was a bit left of field, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it's still on as well. So, yeah, I don't think it's gone. I, I, I still, as, as I sit here today, I, I think it'll still happen. Yeah. And so, and does that mean Max goes out on loan and yeah. then ultimately out or, of the club? Or sold. Or sold. 
So I think. I think Do you see somebody like it. somebody like uh, Steve Cottrell picking him up at uh, Shrewsbury? Yeah, he's been there before as well, hasn't he? So, yeah, you know, it'd be a good move for him, wouldn't it? It would be a good yeah. move for him. All right, let's look at the yeah. players out of contract and the players that have gone out the door. We don't want to dwell on them. Goodbye, Callum. Lovely bloke, by all accounts. I didn't know him, but I can't say I shed a tear there. Uh, Casey Palmer, uh, gone. Uh, lots of potential, never realised, and we certainly had our pants taken down by uh, Chelsea with uh, yeah. that one. Uh, whether Mark Robbins can get something out of him remains to be seen. Uh, I think he wants a footballer lifestyle, looking at some of the pictures he was posting on Twitter or Instagram. Likes a footballer's lifestyle. I thought he looked a bit chunky in the pictures with uh, <laughs> Mark Robbins as well. But uh, uh, right. Is it Mark Robbins? It's it is Mark Robbins. Robbins. But let's, uh, I've got a list here. Look, I've actually got a list contract expiry. I don't know, I'll cut and paste this from somewhere. All right, let's go through the players on that list. I mean, Nathan, in no particular order, because I think Alphabet, I don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. Nathan Baker, I mean, I'll come to you first, Dave, on, on Nathan. Um, the clubs, the science is deafening on Baker but now, isn't it? Yeah? I, I think they've given us all the information they've, they've told us and they've said it's a delicate situation, let's be sensitive and... And that's kind of where I leave it. Whatever will be, will be with Nathan Baker. Yeah. So yeah. Right, yeah, I, don't, I don't think he's really worth worth discussing. Honestly. No, no. And do, do, Neil, do you think June the 30th is a critical decision day for that? Because if he's got his contracts up next summer, but, you know, that's a, that's a sort of break point for many things in football, isn't it? 30th of June. Got to say, I, th- I, th- I think anything about Nathan Baker now is going to come from Nathan Baker. Yeah. I think I think the club has gone as far as it will with commenting on him now. So I think when when the time is right, I think there will be something from Nathan Baker. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sticking with you, Neil. Tyreek Backinson. Uh, no love lost between him and Nigel. <laughs> uh, spent second half of last season on loan at Ipswich. Did okay by all accounts. Uh, Think Mark will be uh, offering him something up at Portman Road? Because um, Nigel's not going around, is he? That was probably an awkward first day practice, wasn't it? Um, Nigel warmly in any of the videos, Tyrone. Yeah, yeah. Not a video, oh, but a photo. I, don't, I didn't see him any video, but I saw him in photo. Did you not? So. You've seen you saw him in photo. Um, you know, Nigel warmly greeting You're warmly greeting all the players. Uh, except- well, I don't know. I mean, as Dave says, he's probably not in the video, but I mean, that. Backinson is one of those strange ones because actually, normally, Pearson is quite reserved in what he actually says. But when Backinson left, he that was one of those moments where Pearson lost a little bit of self-control and his true feelings came to the fore. Yeah. And I think that was out. And then I think Backinson made a few comments when he turned up at Ipswich, you know, that... You know, it's difficult to f- see a way back on on that particular one, and uh, I'm sure. Well, I'm not sure Ipswich personally. I think looking at their signings, I think they probably spanked a huge budget on last year's signings, yeah. and they're having to, uh, you know, accordingly look at their squad. So, did you see the interview with? Uh, yeah, fantastic. Oh, Jesus Christ! Well, was a mem- and what was it running towards adversity? Well, I, 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 uh, I, I made a few comments on that uh, on OTIB because uh, for me, you know, as a police force. Um, I was going to say, if you were a member of the Arizona police, police force, force, and that idiot was no, I mean, I, that, that is that is the motto of that. And of course, they're going to run towards adversity because someone's called nine one one. There's an arm. There's a dangerous situation. You're going to be running towards adversity in a difficult situation. 
I'm not sure it translates into. I mean, the pension <laughs> fund that now owns it doesn't translate into a football field you're running on. There's going to be pit, you know, an armed situation, and then a, a true adversity as you run onto it's a an football field. It's, Neil, isn't it's, it? It's, it is. It's, it's, it's just it's, completely it's Mark Ashton bullshit. bullshit. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, cool bullshit. Like, no, 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 no football club bases its you know motto on. The, the the people that a pension fund supports do they? It, it's like Steve Lansdowne asking for something on the back of the shirt saying "Invest your money with Hargreaves Lansdowne." I think the other one I said was yeah. Derby, change, uh, not Derby Blackburn changing their motto from whatever that Latin Latin thing is to yeah. come and get your spicy wings here. You know that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's ridiculous, isn't it? And and it's it's pure. It's pure Mark Ashton. Well, I, I think I think when he tried to justify it on it as well, I just oh, saw, I saw just a man was... who's bought into a soundbite that, and hasn't actually thought through no, what just, it actually it, means and the relevance a, of it. It's such a pleasure yeah. when you see Richard Gould gently yeah, understated. Brilliant. You know, he's there in the background, keeping a low profile. Tremendous bloke. Hmm. Absolutely tremendous. And based on transfer activity so far, you'd say director of football, that's a cost that's been avoided. Okay, we're going to just finish off on on some of, not all the names on this list. Um, we talked about Jay De Silva. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, he can walk next summer unless we do something. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, what, what, what would you, what should we be doing with Jay De Silva, Dave? Um, I think we, we try and, Recontract him, on, and he's probably one of our bigger earners as well. I think yeah. we have to address some balance there, like we do with several of the other players. I think that's the key. And I think if they don't want to budge, then maybe you do. And, that's two, and how much do we pay for him? Two and a half mil. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, is somebody going to come in for it? You don't know. Would you agree with what Dave said on that? Neil? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Jay and Bentley will have suitors, and I think that's a difficult okay. negotiation. All right, um, uh, two players very much fringe players. They're out next summer. Aurora Edwards, I did see that under-23 final against, I think it was Coventry, and I think he was one of the little bright sparks. Saiku Jenner, I don't want to dwell on either of those. We uh, And there's two that we are going to talk about at length in a minute. Uh, Taylor, well, just on this list of that contract, Taylor Moore, yeah, James Morton. Dave, what do we know about him? You know, he's been around the, not to say yeah. around the 18, but I mean, he's out next year. Is he somebody we yeah, should be... I, th- I think you know. I think you know he'll, he'll be on his way at at, at some point. Um, it's a shame actually because he had a he was actually on trial with MK Dons when Russell Martin left for Swansea last season, mm. and then he got injured. And I think he's been he was injured most of last season. Came back in for a couple of the under twenty three games, and I've got to say he's one of the most loveliest passers of the ball. You, mm. you'll, you'll see he's got a sweet left foot on him. Um, I'm not sure how kind of mobile he is around the pitch and I, and, I, and I think you know he'll find himself a, a, a club it might be league two it might even be national league he's 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 a lovely ball player though and if someone wants that type of player i you know i think he's got a lot to offer shame you know i don't think he's championship level unfortunately and you so you don't see him featuring in the plans here and then we we no, talked about naki we talked about naki latest move being linked to uh Preston, would he, you know, he's bound to get minutes on the pitch if the manager goes for experience ahead of Conway uh, um, and people and people like that. But look, there's, 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 well, there's three names here, 
uh, that we've, we're going to wrap up on uh, today. Chris Martin's out of contract next summer. Mm. We could, he's probably not the biggest owner, but we could, this is just my thoughts, you could give Chris Martin a new three-year deal. <laughs> effect, effective, Three years? No, from, right, okay. no, not next summer. Yeah, you yeah. could say, right, yeah. we'll give you a two-year extension to your deal. Okay. Well, well, what would you do with Chris Martin? Because he can walk next summer. I'd, I'd let him walk next summer. All right, Dave, okay. what do you say to that? Because um, the manager loves it. I'd wait. I, I, I wouldn't be looking to do any any contract no. stuff with him at this point. I'd, I'd probably wait All till right. January. See where we are. Land lies there. Yeah. See where we are. Okay, that's fair enough. Right now we come on to the the the, the big the big two. Thomas Callas. Hanno Masengo. Who are we going to deal with first? Let's deal with Thomas. Right? Okay. Missed the tail end of last season. Dave, you, uh, sorry, Neil, you first. Missed the tail end of last season when we did not miss him. Yeah. We did not miss Callas one little bit. There was more to it than I think a, a like for All like right. situation. Yeah. But yeah. But, yeah. So, so, but, and look, he's a good player, no doubt about that. But he's okay. a high wage owner. Yeah. Um, he can walk next summer. And if yeah. you think, if he walks next summer, right, bear in mind, Fam walked, you know, take the aggregate of those spends and maybe Jada Silva, you're talking 20 million quids worth of signings walking out through the door with no recompense. So with Callas, if you were going to buy him, you want to see how fit he is after his hip injury. Maybe it wasn't such a big operation that he's had. Yeah. But, what do you see happening with Thomas Callas? Is somebody going to come and buy him in the next five weeks or before the end of August when the window shuts? I, th- I think he's a late window guy. You do? I'd, yeah. Abroad rather than this country? Because um, Stoke have been out splashing the cash a bit. Yeah, and but I, I think I, I can't see Stoke. I think Flint was, you know, an indication of where Stoke are financially. I think they're cutting their cloth accordingly. I think anybody buying... Um, Callas is probably looking at a one and a half, two million pound fee around that sort of mark, and then his wages. And I and I think Stoke by getting Flint in for the season indicated where where their position is financially, and what and what market they're they're looking Good at. Good move for Aiden that was as well. Really Fantastic, well. but Callas I, I, I think would be our starting right centre back. I think we're close in the middle, um, and Naismith on on the left for for me. Uh, as the back three. Um, and I think, given what we've just been talking about, the fixtures at the start of the season, off to a good start. And then, you know, you get to the end of August and you're like, is there any movement at all that we can actually make? Because I'm sure I've read somewhere that we haven't even gone into transfer negotiations with him. We haven't even offered him a contract. I'm sure that whether there's any truth to that or not, but whether we are just so far apart in terms of actual figures with regards to what, you know, okay, we're trying to do something around the 15,000 mark and we're asking him to shave 10,000 off potentially, you know, just throwing figures out there, whether we are so far off. But we'd, we'd be looking to get some productivity out of him, I would argue, in the first month of the season and then end of August. Somebody might come. If he's well, you've got to make a decision then, haven't you? Because he's yeah. far too expensive just to walk out. I mean, it's a, it's a family type situation. Yeah, this is bad. Well, it's fact, it's worse because he costs. Yeah. He's the club's most expensive signing yeah, today, isn't it? What, yeah. what do you say on Thomas, uh, uh, Dave? I think I think Neil's right that it could be a. You know, if we don't see any contract um, decisions made, then I think you know we could see a, a late window 
Um, UK or abroad? For. Uh, both, I think. I think, you know, you, there's, there's plenty of sides that in this division with parachute money, you could pay two, three million for him. Watford, um, Norwich, and pick, like and pick, yeah, Burnley. You know, all, all those, all those kinds of West Brom, maybe. You know, plenty of sides there. I think can, you know, can fund a Thomas Callas signing for somebody who's experienced at, at this level. I, Fulham have him I as a squad player. Maybe go back no. to Middlesbrough. No, no, no. no. Middlesbrough is an option. I think. Um, yeah, yeah, I think all, all of those kind of let's call them the, like, the bigger championship clubs. I don't think he'll go Premier League now. I think no. that, 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 right. that, Sheffield that, United that, put him in that yeah, mix with them yeah. as well. Because they've still yeah, got no. residual. Yeah, still got, yeah. So, yeah. so I think all those kind of sides are a, are a potential option for him. If it was me, I, I'd bite the bullet on saying it's going to be really difficult to get a replacement for Thomas Callas at, at, at that level um, without having to spend some money. And, and then it's a bit of an unknown uh, quantity. I think, Neil, you kind of probably... Use would have used my one of my favorite things is it's causation rather than sorry, it's correlation rather than causation. Um, on the end of season run when Callas wasn't there, I think if Callas had been there with Close and Atkinson, we'd have been even stronger. That, that's my view. Um, instead of Cundy, so I, I don't think it was like oh, well, okay, has gone, so now we're a better yeah. defense. I, yeah. I think a defense with Thomas Callas in it with a leader in there, or which he's not, yeah, no, that's fair comment, which is, which is closer and, and Naismith for both. You know, oh, Callas closer and Naismith, yeah. that that's that's because Atkinson's a bit of a nice guy because you thought he was a bit you went to Huddersfield and he was a bit like, well, no, I, I, Atkinson, I like, last, I like Atkinson. Atkinson last two months of the season, I thought was fantastic and aggressively. He got a couple of goals from set pieces, yeah. The aggression was yeah. there. The mentality was there. Obviously, he'd had yeah. COVID earlier on in the season. Yeah. He'd had his injury problems, um, and it's, it's, it's and four, it's a big jump. Gonna, yeah. Those four of them are going to. If we play a back three, are going to play. They're going to rotate. Percent of the minutes, aren't they? Yeah. So, so I would, in, in terms of like, what would I do with Cal? I would try and recontract him for another two years, so up to the mm. end of twenty twenty five. And do you know what? This sounds massively kind of hypocritical for me. I'd almost bite the bullet on his wages. Because I think spreading his couple of million out over three years is as beneficial to us as bringing his wage down. If if you could do something on the wages, say that actually it's you know this is just safe sake of argument on twenty five k. Maybe you pay him twenty five k this year, twenty next year, and fifteen if that's possible. Mm-hmm. That that would be a I think a great solution. An average of twenty grand a week for the next three years. That that's what I'd be doing. Why not just pay him twenty grand? Why not twenty grand a week? Because he's you know yeah. you don't know what the yeah. psyche is of these people. But then doesn't that fly in the face of Nigel trying to? I mean, Nigel's showing his old fashionedness in the sense of doesn't want big. Never, never mind FFP. He doesn't want the big wager. He doesn't want the salary differential. I think a wage differential. I think that's a term that's being used, but. But you've got to accept where Thomas is coming from, and you know, and you're not going to yeah. be able to accept ten grand a week, are you? So I think no. you know you're no. always going to have outliers, and if Thomas is our one big outlier in in, this, in that respect, I think you bite the bullet on it. I think he's better off being with us for for another couple of years. Certainly, you know, Close is going to be gone probably next summer, isn't he? So mm. that means you've got Callus for another two years on top of that. You know, it, it just helps that squad involvement. I think that's what yeah. I do. I I try and get him to. If you can't get him to come down his wage, I'll just bite the bullet and give him another two years. Fair enough. No, don't disagree with that. Okay, now the one that causes most uh, interaction between you two guys on OTIB (laughs) and Twitter, it is Hanoa Masengo. Now, I'll just put my 
thoughts on this and let you two have your little bit of banter on it. Uh, Hanoa is only, is he 21 in August, I think, Dave? Is that right? Yeah, July. Yeah. 21, 21 next month. He's still very young. He's past, got past it. How many, yeah. how many appearances, how many, including substitute appearances, how many times has he played? 98. 100, 90, 100 games coming up. So he's got games under his belt. I think Neil's right. spot on, actually, is 98. Um, my view is that, and he's a nice bloke, and I, I think you commented what I, I'm only repeating what I put on Oted, Dave, and you commented on that. My view is that he is a nice bloke, but, you know, how influential are agents in all of this? And I think, Dave, you said his dad's his agent. But Hanoa is young enough that he can let his contract run down, right, over the next 12 months, and he would be a very cheap option and get a very good deal on a personal level if he was to go back to play in France next summer. Mm -hmm. Now, he's at the early part of his career, so he's achieved a lot so far, He's gonna if he's here, he's he's maybe not gonna be a starter, but he's certainly gonna be in an eighteen if he's here, unless Nigel's really pedantic about it. So he's gonna get a few more minutes on the pitch. And next summer he can go for nothing. And maybe if he went this summer, a club would pay what we would want, I'll say absolute max two million, right? And he could go abroad and let's assume he's earning ten grand a week here. He could go abroad to a club fifteen grand a week. This now. But if he goes next summer for free Okay, he's not had a f- season where he's been a first choice at the side that he's at, but he could go and get a three-year deal with another club at twenty-five grand a week for himself. Yeah, and Bristol City have helped his career, and he's been an attractive player to watch on many occasions. Yeah, maybe this season might be his breakthrough season. I don't know, but I'll come to you first, Neil Hanoa. If he's if he was going to go, would he have gone by now? Why are people waiting to buy him? Or is my theory of, you know, he's just happy to a point? And I read somewhere that his sisters are in school in this country or something. There's so much shit flying around yeah. in terms yeah. of not nothing to do with on the football field. So what are your views on Hanoa? Again, lovely guy. Lovely my, guy. my views on the contract or my views on him as a player, Dave? Uh, well, both. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I I really like Hannah. You know, it's it's never been an issue for me. His attitude is first class. Um, I entirely a hundred percent understand why he's popular as a player. He's infectious. He comes on. He runs lost causes. He you know he puts everything on that pitch. Um, you know, it's well documented to anybody listening that. Dave and I, you know, well, it's not, arg- well, well, not, well, not arguing about it. We're respectful of each other's opinions on it. Um, and, and, and as no, sure. But I, I don't see necessarily what he brings to the team at the moment. We were speaking about the midfield earlier on, Dave, and, and he didn't come into it, did he? No. Um, in, in that conversation. And, you know, it is talking about the potential. And yes, we have, a situation with Semenya whereby, and I'll be the first to admit it, I I spoke to numerous people around me in E32 over the years just saying, what the hell is going on with Semenya? The game's bypassing him, he's not there and all the rest of it. I didn't see the breakout that Semenya has had. And if people did, absolutely fair play to him because I didn't think that he would have the second half of the season that he's quite obviously had. Um, Semenya. Semenya, yeah. this is. It may well be the case that Han Noah... 
uh, has a similar type breakout and he has the fundamentals there and and Dave you know analyzes his data and looks at his charts and we speak often about you know the fundamentals in his play and what he potentially might play but he's been here three years now and we we get into this potential 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 and okay I may be wrong. He's not in my starting He's not in my starting lineup, and we're talking about a renegotiation of a contract. Yeah, and I don't think necessarily it's one of the bigger renegotiations. I look at Bentley and I look at De Silva and you look at Callas. You're talking about expensive renegotiations, though. I don't think Hannah fall, Han Noah falls into one of those expensive renegotiations per se. But I think, you know. <sighs> If you have a sellable asset that allows you to fundamentally um, re-divert finances to other areas of the field or bolster other areas of the field, and Hanoa is a sellable asset, I would be looking at it now saying, okay, well, he's turned down a couple of contracts. So obviously we have put in place what we think he's worth. Think he's worth. He's in the same way we did with Kundi by all accounts. And he obviously, there is a difference of opinion. How wide that difference of opinion is, I don't know. But there is a difference of opinion. So then what do we do? Do do we end up like a Cundy situation going, thanks ever so much, Robbie, time time to pass? Or do we offer more money or, or whatever on, yeah. on an asset? that He's going to be fourth or fifth choice, isn't he? If anybody else comes in as well, at least, if, Andy at least got, if Andy King's got a I, I think he, I think he's in front of Andy King. Okay. But I'm but, Andy but, King's there purely as backup. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think I think I think you've got Matty James, Joe Williams, and Alex Scott in the centre in front of him. And then Josh Harris as well. Oh, well, I don't know. Well, if, if, if Ian was on now, he'd be uh, clapping there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With yeah. it. Maybe he need maybe a cup game with Josh Harris would be uh, maybe think, one of the yeah. Carabao. Let's give him an opportunity. Okay, Dave. Dave on, on the, yeah, Neil. Your, your thought, your thoughts on on the player yeah. and the contract, and what what would you do? What do you think might happen? It's all speculation. Yeah, okay. So I think if we take Han Noah, if, if we go back to the the back three, and we talk about there being four four players for three positions at the moment, then I think we're exactly the same in the in the centre of midfield. If uh, certainly in those opening dozen games of the season when we're without our WSM. Because I think you're then talking about Williams, James, Scott, and Masengo being those four players. Mm. And if it is a flat, th- a flat three, if I can get my teeth back in, then I I think Masengo's as good an option in in as one of those three as as, as any of the others for, for that matter. So I I I don't mm. you know Neil we have this on the OT. I don't see potential. I see actual. You know he played he played the equivalent of thirty games last season. You know which is as many as Scott and is as many as Many as uh, Matthew James, you know, played a load more than than Williams, and so I think he's a bona fide part of the eighteen. As you know, I don't do first elevens. I think you know, is, no, he, is, is he an auto, is is he an auto pick for the eighteen? Yes, he is. In, yeah. in my opinion, yeah, and I, I think you're just rotating players around in that. He's you know, he's at the same level ish as many of those other players in that mid midfield area, and I think it's down to players to play well and, and keep their keep their place. Um, so, you know, if I was sat there today picking a side for the, the first game away at Hull, he might be my left midfielder of those those central three. Um, mm. So, yeah. But, I, you know, that, that's the playing side. And I think, you know, we, we do respectfully uh, 
debate this with, with, with each other and we have slightly you know with slightly different views on him um but in terms of the financial side i think you know what we don't know is you know how much has he been offered is is the reason he hasn't accepted because he, he's waiting for offers elsewhere is he not accepted because the offer is not good enough and then if it's not good enough how far apart are we in our evaluations there's good financial reasons to extend him and there's probably good financial reasons to extend him and give him a little bit more money as well because he's going to get better and I, and I think the real worry is is if we wait and let him run his contract down at the end of next season if he'll he definitely go well he'll, he'll go but if he goes in this country then the tribunal system we've got there will be quite generous bearing in mind we play best part of three million quid for him we also will be undoubtedly offering an extended contract and therefore we'll be entitled to compensation yeah, yeah. and lots of factors come into play. Anyone who's played 100 or more games at championship level, you're probably going to get at least three million in a tribunal for him. So why wouldn't you give him an extra couple of thousand quid a week or whatever if, if, if it was down to, to money? If he goes abroad under, their tri- under the FIFA tribunal system, we'd probably get 300,000. Yeah, so, and that's a big, and that's a big, and that's a big. Uh, yeah, that's a hell of a difference. So it, it comes down to the fact if we can't, if he won't sign a contract, we get rid of him now. Sim- simple as that. It's it's black. I'm not normally black and white. I think there's a load of grey in, in most discussions. This one for me is as black and white as you get. We cannot afford for him to run down his contract. That's not to say we can force him out the door either, but that should be the position of the club. If he won't sign a contract by X date, we're selling. Yeah, and then we wait for the bids to come in. Dave, can I just ask that valuation of tribunal in this country? Yeah, that that appears to be more than our initial payment, was it not? Two point eight, Winwood. Because then he's played games now. I know, but games in three years. It's so it's based on about eight or nine different things. It's based on any fees that you've originally paid for him, the contract offer that you put in front of him. Yeah. To, to re-sign, which will obviously be more than what he's on now, um, based on the contract offer of the club that want to take him, um, and a whole other host yeah. of other things. There's lots of variables. So, so I think knowing that, that forces the move abroad then, doesn't it, for him? I was going to say, if I it's going he, to tribunal, I think such he is disparity. 75% more likely. I think no, at the end, at the end of the season. I think 75 abroad, well, next season, yeah. yeah. I think it's 75-25 abroad versus another championship club. Yeah, I mean, if from from what Dave said, on, on what Dave said, on what Dave, on what Dave said. going to have to pay him two and a half million quid. Yeah. It might be a Premier League club, guys. Of course. Yeah, but they could. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but they could. I, you, you, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, yeah. They could Leicester take him on that. Supposedly, Leicester, Southampton are two clubs who are really, you know, supposedly really yeah. keen on it. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> he's, I, he's, I think... He's 21 guys, isn't he? You know, I know. We were talking about... We were talking yeah. about Oroa Edwards earlier. Oroa Edwards is older than Han Noah Masenga. Yeah. yeah. Alex yeah. Scott's and, two and, years and, younger. And Cam Prince, 20. Yeah, Alex Scott's, Cam Prince, Alex 25. Star, and Alex Scott's a star and we're talking about 20, 25 million for him. You know, yeah. we're, we're not, we're almost kind of treating yeah. Han Noah Masenga like he's Zach Viner. Yeah. It's a fair point. Dave, I want to stick with you on this. Um, the FL had this to do with FFP or... Profit, uh, was it PNS now or PPS? Profit and sustainability or something? Profit and sustainability, yeah. The EFL had their meeting last week. If I've read it correctly, they didn't buy into what we hoped they would buy into, which is evaluating 
potential fees. You seem, along with two or three other people on OTIB, pretty much a, a pretty definitive source on where we're at with FFP. I mean, let me ask you this question. If Tottenham came in tomorrow and said, we'll give you 15 million quid for Alex Scott and we're loaning back to you for the whole of next season and we'll give you add-ons that take that 15 to 20 million, which could be based on number of appearances for Tottenham and potential England, full England international cap. So you could have two triggers in there. If Alex Scott was to be sold for 15 million tomorrow, all our problems have gone away, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. I think they just see the flip of that. I don't think Nigel Pearson would want a player back on loan. He's not committed to the club, but you know, so aside from a <laughs> pure financial decision, I, I think that would be a difficult no, decision right. to, to I don't think back. these loan backs work particularly well. Well he doesn't like the loan he doesn't like the loan system anyway. No. All right. Okay. Um if um if I mean if Semenyo had gone to Celtic, if Semenyo had gone to Celtic and the ten million quid was if you like their opening offer and let's say we'd have got it up to 15, that would have solved all our problems. But here we are right now, you know, the, the guys that could go out the door, maybe Casey Palmer, not Casey Palmer, sorry, the ones that could raise a fee now, Callas, Hanoa. Feynman. Well, I'm not even bringing that up because it was me floating that mm. boat about somebody coming in with a cheeky offer for Feynman. Mm. How, what is the impact of us only being able to raise from player sales I'll say four million quid over the next. Well, and when is the cutoff date for it? For when they is it because the club's financial year end is May? But do they do they look at the club's financial year end? Because if they do, then we've missed that deadline. So, well, you know, I'll be interested. I mean, so, so, sorry, let me oh, just, so, so it's a long yeah. winded. I'm just getting my yeah. views out as part of asking the question. Course, so, yeah. Dave, if we raise four million or less from sales in the next well, in the next couple of months where are we on ffp or is the ffp die cast because the club's financial year end is the end of may okay so the the, the, the big the big thing to understand is the cycle the ffp cycle that ended season 21 22 which is just gone yeah we are in absolutely no danger of breaking ffp for it, you know our accounts although we've not seen them for this year will you know we're miles and miles inside the only year we have a real issue with is the is this season and the cycle that ends this season because that's the season we lose that profit in 1819 yeah. out of the out of the cycle okay so we can forget about anything that's gone on last season in the last 12 months because we're back in check now yeah so it's that big loss but we're but we're we're about to go into a cycle where we lose that profit figure and you know and we've got that big 38 million in there without the profit figure to offset it and that that's Mm -hmm. where we hit the problem so at the end of this year based on projections i think we would fail ffp this is may accounts to may 2022 yeah, because that's that is the year end, no, isn't it? May. No, be to, no. This will be to May accounts. May twenty twenty three. I'm talking about. Okay. We are. We're so we're really in a in a position with with profitability and sustainability where we are probably working with the EFL to just say we're close, but we're we're under control and we're doing this, that, and the other to solve it. And you know, saving Casey Palmer's a million pound will be shown in a good light with the EFL if we are over it. 
I think you know we've we've lost Callum O'Dowd as you know half a million a year in wages probably yeah, yeah. So, so I think that that little bit that we're over the thirty nine million is gradually being clawed back for throughout this summer. And if we have to claw back some more in January, the, uh, you know, I think Mr. Popdopoulos on OT says, oh, you know, we could be in for points deduction. I don't believe we are. No points deduction this season, period. Correct. I, I think we will have enough mitigation and legroom with the EFL for that not to become an issue. And okay. actually, you know, it, I think if we move a couple of players on, so forget fees as well, or not forget fees, but don't forget it's not only fees, it's wages saved that makes up that. And, and, and yeah. you know, so if Naki Wells went as well, and we got a fee and we removed his wages off the wage bill. You know, we might be pretty close to being inside FFP, so we're not we're close enough for it not to be an issue, in my opinion. That's me being quite bullish. I, I pretty cautiously underestimated right. the revenues we would get last season and this season. Okay, so, so we're in a we're in a better. Didn't expect us to get nineteen thousand average I didn't, attendance. No, so I thought good. we'd probably be sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, know, and, that, and that's you know it's probably only a million quid, but a million quid when it all adds up, it's another million yeah, quid in the overall scheme of yeah. things. But the thing is, yeah. what you're saying is though that the season ending May twenty three would be potentially a bit more problematic. And by the time we the get EFL, to the you have to do projections yeah, for season. that, and then you have to you have to regularly regularly report against those. Sorry, right. I've chatted for a while, Neil. No, no, no. no. So, sorry, sorry, Neil. What, if, I th- I think what Dave's saying, we're not going to get, we're not going to get, a put, we have no fear of a points deduction no, it's next for 22-23 season. It's a 23-24. It's a 23 at the start of 23-24 yeah. because our accounts to May... No, it's, 20... it's not. It's, no, it's, we're now in a reporting period which takes in this coming season's finances. And you have to send the EFL projections of those throughout the season. You have to do a final one. I got it. Uh, so we send the projections, and because we're being seen to do stuff, that's got us out of the hole. But basically, yeah. this time next year, so we can hang on to our prize assets this season about, if we wanted to, we, because we, we could do that fire sale. We could do not fire sale. Yeah. We could do that sale this time next year. Yeah, if we needed or funds, we could, we could do, or we could do it in January. If, if we okay. really desperately. So if Alex Scott came in, if Alex Scott started, and he's in all three of us, our starting eleven. If Alex Scott yeah. came in and played every game, featured a bit more for England under nineteen, whatever games they're playing in, Tottenham come in with that fifteen million for Scott. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, do you, do you, who who of those two do you think would be? Uh, you know, do you think we could lose? Do you think both of them would be Bristol City players in twelve months' time? There you go, Dave. That's one for you. Probably Scott not. Semenya. Yeah, yeah. Do you agree with that? Yeah, right. I, I can't say. Okay, I, d- I think Semenya. Um, you know, next season he's going into last year of his contract, and there's already indications is he's not going to sign a new contract. Yeah. So we need to exercise that. Um, we'll that, exercise that, that, option that option year, and yeah. then I think. Um, Next summer, our hand will be for summer. All right. Okay, guys. Look, I think we've had a, a good uh, three-way debate. When I upload, uh, when I upload this, for those that you are listening to it on upload, we'll have chopped off all the whiffle, all the spiffle, or waffle <laughs> to do with the fixtures, or we just pick up the beginning bit of that. Dave, Dave great to, uh, de- yeah. De- <laughs> <laughs> Neil's just said how long we've been on air. One hour fifty-three minutes. We did start at half past eight. Oh, okay. Dave, great right. to have you on again. Yeah, I, I haven't been yeah. I haven't been avoiding you through the summer. 
okay. <laughs> we, we all need a break, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, good to have you, good to have both uh, both you guys on. I think the debate once we moved away from fixtures to talk about this has been uh, has been really good. Between now and uh, the start of the season, um, we will have probably a couple of specials that I want to do in conversation pieces with. Uh, we do some pre-season reviews as well. So I think I'm more likely to bring you two guys on with, say, Gary or Chris or somebody like that. Yeah. Uh, and then Ian and Mark with, with, with somebody else, probably Gregor. And, you know, if there's major transfer activity, we might do uh, a very uh, another special yeah, because it's all been happening. But guys, thanks for your contribution. Everybody who's listened, not far short of 100 on the day, which is uh, pretty good. Uh, Forever Bristol City podcast, two years old this weekend, weekend of the 25th. And uh, as I say, good to have Dave on because he was uh, one of our regular contributors early days. And Neil, you've come on stream. Thanks to Dave in the last few months. Good to uh, good to have you both, and it's been interesting to have a chat, guys. Thanks a lot for your contribution today. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of the summer. Thanks very much. Well, speak to you soon. Yeah. Speak, speak to right. you soon, Dave. Cheers, Dave. Yeah, bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy, as happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up, get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robins are bob, bob, bobbing along. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.